You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. And welcome to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. I am Joe Galena. I'm here with Frank Cheech Stanford. What's up? There you go. Michael Florio on assignment. And Pete Considori producing the show. And we it's going to be a fun show today. If you want to join in, 844-843-6879. Tweet out to us, at FNTSY Radio. And we do have an action-packed show today, Frank. Fantasy Baseball Waiver Wire Ads. We're going to tie it in. It's San Diego Comic-Con Weekend. So we're going to try to figure out the doppelganger of uh, some of the guys that we're going to recommend off of the waiver wire. Their superhero doppelganger. Uh, MLB Trade Rumors, July 31st, a week from this Monday. We're taping the show Saturday from Rockin' Riley's Restaurant in the Renaissance Hotel in New York City. If you uh, want to come down, they do a great spread for uh, brunch and breakfast. So come on down, get a chance to see what Frank looks like. He's a very handsome man. I try. Yeah. Speaking of handsome, you got a, you got a little something different going on with the facial hair, right? It's, uh, we, we've been together now about 35, 40 minutes. You just bring it up now? I know. I was saving it for the radio. Oh, wow. Why, why am I going to waste smart, it in the control room, Joey? Man. Okay. Yeah, I decided that, look, my, my face is too beautiful to hide behind a beard. I agree. <laughs> so, shave some of it off. Uh, hey, we've got a big guest, second hour. Uh, we'll be talking fantasy football with Levi Damien, editor-in-chief of SB Nation's Silver and Black Pride. Uh, he's going to join us in the second hour. And uh, I know there's a lot of Raiders fans out there, especially in the New York area, because, you know, the in 1970s, you weren't even born, of course. But uh, New York football kind of was uh, at a downturn. <laughs> Giants and Jets stunk. Jets still stink today, but anyway. Uh, hey, so, hey, so, hey. So, you know, you had a lot of Steelers fans, Cowboy fans, and Raiders fans in, in the New York area. So, uh, looking forward to talking to him, uh, getting his take on Marshawn Lynch. From what I've heard, Joey, yes. you, maybe you can confirm this, is during that span, mm-hmm. the Raiders and the Steelers and the Cowboys were pretty much the only teams that they would show on national television. Consistently, yeah. So that would be the teams that you would have available to watch, right? And you know, if, uh, if New York, package, if yeah. New York mm-hmm. football sucked at that time, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that you know right. those teams are as popular as they are. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I'm a little older than you, and I was alive in the '70s, but I don't remember what the television schedule was. But I think you're probably you probably. Uh, Hit it right on the head. Oh, they had television back then, Joe? (laughs) You mean there weren't dinosaurs? Uh, Yeah, well, my TV, ever see the Flintstones? You know, those rabbit ears, it was an actual rabbit. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, so when we come back, uh, waiver wire ads and fantasy baseball superhero doppelgangers. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend fantasy update.
It's the summer, but you can already feel the howl of the winter wind. You don't want to go to the beach. You want to break out that heavy coat and head for the stadium parking lot because nothing makes you feel warmer than football season. But you don't have to wait for the calendar to flip a few times at rotoexperts.com where fantasy football season has already started. The award-winning team at Roto Experts has you ready for the new campaign with the return of the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package for 2017. Packed with tons of in-depth insights from the industry's top experts, we get you fully prepared for a championship campaign with a deluxe draft package that includes projections, strategy articles, sleepers, busts, a cheat sheet generator, and so much more. And you're guaranteed additional access throughout the regular season. So put your gloves on now, even while it's hot outside, and get into mid-season form. Go to rotoexperts.com and register for the 2017 Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter code free radio at checkout for a very special discount. And welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Frank Cheech Stample, and Pete Considori producing the show. And it is a big weekend if you're a geek into uh, pop culture, comic books, and stuff like that. San Diego Comic-Con, uh, smack dab in the middle of it. And actually, my son, lucky enough uh, to be there. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He went up to San Francisco, spent a couple days there, took a train ride all day yesterday, and he's going to San Diego Comic-Con today. Um, so I'm kind of jealous of him. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I got my tickets for New York. I've gone maybe the past three or four years. Yeah, it's been, fun in New York, but yeah. San Diego's like the real deal. Yeah, I went five years ago to San Diego, and I've been going to New York semi-regularly uh, up until the last year or two, but um, I'll be there uh, this year. Uh, if I see you, I'll just make believe I don't know you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, big weekend for you too, right? In terms of a uh, little uh, Pokemon action. Oh, yeah. It's Pokemon <laughs> Go Fest in Chicago right now. How could they compete against the San Diego Comic-Con? I guess because it's in the middle of the country and the, the That's true. West. Uh, Why would they plan it the same weekend? Yeah. It's crazy. Same geeks probably like Pokemon and like comic books and stuff, I love the right? way you say it, too. Like, it's so wrong. Pencil neck geeks. geeks. Pencil neck geeks. You know who used to say that, right? No. Uh, Freddie Blassie. You called me a wrestling... Oh, classy Freddie Blassie. You called me a wrestling historian, and there you go. I'm giving you a little history. So uh, why don't we get going here? Um, the uh, Waver Wire ads, superhero doppelgangers. Uh, so the first two Waver Wire ads have been real supermen as of late. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. 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 It's Superman. Hey. <laughs> well, it's really Whit Merrifield. He's not much of a Superman, but he's really putting up some in- impressive numbers after starting the season in the minor leagues, right? 78 games, 288 batting average, eight home runs, and the all-important category, 16 steals. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. I wanted to bring up Whit Merrifield because, I mean, in the month of July alone, this guy's got a 931 OPS. He's hitting 320, two home runs, eight RBIs, eight stolen bases. So mm-hmm. really, he's yeah. he's giving you a little bit of everything right now yep. at the top of that Royals lineup. He's kind of been the catalyst for this turnaround, you know, helping out at the top of that lineup. In OBP leagues and in points leagues, he doesn't walk all that much. Uh, But with that being said, I mean, I still want to take a shot on him because when this Royals lineup is going and going well, uh, we know that that they're a very scrappy team and they can put up runs in a hurry. So, Whit Merrifield, 
in the middle of all of that right now. Mm-hmm. I like the position versatility. It gives you second base outfield eligibility right. as well. Owned in less than 60%. 54% of CBS leagues. CBS yep. leagues right mm-hmm. now. So, you know, he's probably owned in your 14-team leagues or deeper, in your deeper roto leagues. But in, in 12-team head-to-heads or in 12-team roto leagues, I think he still might be floating out there. Mm-hmm. And personally, I think that's a mistake. So, yeah, I wanted to bring up Whit Merrifield. He's doing a little bit of everything. I would compare him to, you know, the Superman of the waiver wire right now. There you go. There's one other one I want to talk about. Uh, he's really been performing as a Superman. Didn't check last night's stats, but going into last night's action since July 7th, that's when he came off the DL. That's nine games. He's 20 for 36. That's a 556 batting average with two home runs, 12 runs batted in, and 12 runs scored in nine games. That's pretty impressive. I know he's doing it in Colorado, but look, you take what you can get. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We constantly talk about the Colorado Rockies. We want as much exposure to that lineup as possible. And if if Gerardo Parra is out there right now, uh, I think he's another guy. This is what we were expecting him to do last year. And he's really kind of taking off now that he's getting an opportunity to play every single day. Last night, he went one for three with an RBI. Like you mentioned, in the month of July, he's hitting over 500, two home runs, 12 RBIs in the month. He has an OPS over 1,000. Uh, and I really like what he's doing with his splits, too. Mm-hmm. You look at what he's done against right-handed pitching this year. He's hitting 336, seven of eight of his home runs. We want to see the stolen bases come up a little bit because I think we expect him to be a power-speed combo. Right. Not, you know, nothing crazy, but if he could give you a handful of stolen bases the rest of the way, I think that would be nice. But against left-handed pitching, Joe, mm-hmm. and this isn't a small sample size. I mean, 53 at-bats is a pretty good sample size. Yes, yes it is. He has 22 hits in 53 at-bats. It's wow. a 415 batting average against lefties this year. With an OPS near 1,000. Something to consider, especially for DFS, right? Yeah, absolutely. And in points leagues, we constantly talk about volume. We want guys that are going to play every day. And if Mm -hmm. he's hitting this well against left-handed pitching, they're not going to bench him. So I think with that being said, he's a safe bet to play every single day. Uh, I think the best tool that he can provide in a roto league is probably batting average right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he can chip in a little bit of everything. He's got a little bit of pop. hit home runs, and then in that lineup, regardless of where you hit, you're going to have opportunities to not only drive people in, but guys behind you are Get going to <laughs> be able to drive you in. So right. really, uh, I would say right now, off the waiver wire, he's probably a four-category contributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how much he'll do on the base pass. I think he can chip in a little bit, like I said, mm-hmm. uh, but he hasn't done that so far this season. But still, if you're getting four to five categories from a waiver wire guy, sure, I think he'll take that. I think he's owned in uh, 36% That's criminal. of CBS Sports yeah. Leagues, and so that- He's there for you. Bid him up this weekend. Gerardo uh, Parra. Um, So let's talk about a couple of real mashers. Mm. (laughs) That's right. These guys, uh, their uh, superhero doppelganger is the Incredible Hulk. Big uh, Hulk fan at all or no? I do like Holt. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's up there he's for me. He's misunderstood. We'll talk okay. about that in a few. But what, Mike no, well, Nap- let's talk about it now. No, Why no. is he misunderstood, well, Joey? I'll tell you later. I want right, to know right. about Mike Napoli, who's only 36% of CBS. Behave yourself, all right? CBS Sports Leagues. <laughs> uh, last 21 days, seven home runs, 13 runs batted in, uh, batting 300. Now, this is a guy that's been batting under 200 for the season, right? Yeah, absolutely. And... Uh, you look at what he's done batted ball profile-wise during the month of July. He is the second highest hard hit rate among qualified hitters in the month. A 55.9% hard hit rate, Joe. Mm-hmm. Only behind Corey Seager. 
He's, hit, he's putting the ball in the air over 60% of the time. So you couple those things together, hitting the ball hard and putting it in the air, especially hitting in that ballpark where the ball travels very well right. uh, there in Arlington, Texas. And a, another pretty damn good lineup yep. in the Rangers, uh, one that I think has underperformed for most of the season, but perhaps in the second half we could get them all, you know, working together like a there well-oiled you. machine, a cohesive Maybe unit. Maybe Kumbaya on the field or something. What do you think? <laughs> We need to work uh, together. It can't hurt, right? But <laughs> the combination of him hitting the ball hard and putting it in the air mm-hmm. a lot in that ballpark, it's going to lead to home runs. And I know the first half was absolutely dreadful. But look, it's a new beginning for a lot of these players in the second half. Such uh, a we, hopeful segment. New yeah, beginning, work yeah. together. You're a beautiful man, Frank. <laughs> you too. Especially without that, you know, with that mustache gone now. So. Paul DeJong! <laughs> Owned in 59% of CBS Sports Leagues on the St. Louis Cardinals. He's eligible in a couple of spots, right? Third, second, and short, I believe. Yeah, that's very uh, valuable. Four home runs in the month of July. He's power. He has uh, power, and he's reckless. Thirty point nine K rate, just like the Hulk. He's reckless like the Hulk. Um, Ten home runs on the season. Two sixty eight ISO. Right, one forty is the average ISO. Of course, measures uh, power. Um, yeah, I mean specifically yeah. for those who want to know, it's slugging yeah. percentage minus batting average. There you go. So. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's somebody that's uh, owned in uh, 59% of CBS Sports Leagues. He's there for you, most likely. Yeah, and another guy who has pretty fair splits as a right-handed batter. He's hitting 265 against righties this season and 346 against lefties. So he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's mashing against lefties. You look at his minor league profile as well. Another guy who he hit 283 across yep. all levels in mm-hmm. the minor leagues. He has a 22 home run season mm-hmm. uh, just one year ago in 2016 at the double A level. So he's got a little bit of pop. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Going to strike out a bit. So he's going to hurt you a little bit more in points leagues. Uh, more so a guy that I would go after in a roto league because... You can't get hurt by those strikeouts. They won't give you as many negatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely has a little bit of pop. Uh, the Cardinals, another team where you know you look at them on paper, they probably shouldn't have a great lineup, but another scrappy lineup who mm-hmm. kind of always gets it done and, and is going to be in the thick of things putting runs up. We saw just yesterday they had a nine-run inning against the Chicago Cubs. Yep, yep. So they can go off at any moment, and I think Paul DeJong is one of those guys who will be in the middle of it All as right. well. well uh, you asked me to tell you before about you know why the Hulk is misunderstood. Pete, you can play that sad Hulk clip, uh, maybe. So th- there was a TV show that was on in the late 70s, uh, The Incredible Hulk, and, and basically uh, he would meet someone, make a friend. You know, He'd be lonely at the beginning, make a friend, then his friend would, would be in trouble with some bad guys, and then the Hulk uh, would help him, uh, help him get past the problems that his friend was having. But invariably, the way he'd help him is just by turning into the Hulk, so then by the end of the show, he'd have to leave. Like, leave the town because everybody, you know, he doesn't want to get discovered as being the Hulk. So that's why I'm playing the sad music. And at the end of every episode, uh, you'd see him, like, walking away alone Aww. to the sad music. So I, that's why I feel that the Hulk is kind of misunderstood. You know? Is this is this the, the Lou Ferrigno Hulk <laughs> yes, that we're talking the about? the Lou Ferrigno. And what I was upset about uh, was that, you know, in the comic books... The Hulk would talk. He talked broken English. Hulk smashed. Uh, yeah. But in this TV show, he wouldn't. He wouldn't speak. So that was a little upset. And he was David Banner instead of Bruce Banner. Well, we'll be back. Have a Batman doppelganger to get to. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update.
Looking for an edge in your daily fantasy contests? Head on over to DailyRoto.com where you'll find the best free and premium content in the industry. Hone your skills or sweat out your games in the forums by talking DFS picks, strategy, and much more with a talented community of players. Founded by Drew Dinkmeyer, Mike Leone, and Adam Hummel, DailyRoto.com is a passionate site that's packed full of daily fantasy players looking to sharpen their skills. Sign up for free and hop into the conversation at DailyRoto.com. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena, along with Frankie Cheech Stamfel, if I could get his attention. He's, what are you doing over there? Joe, I'm watching the live stream of Pokemon Go Fest in Chicago, obviously. What else would a millennial be doing right now? <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, what, what, really, what's the story now? They're, they're releasing like a million characters or something you were saying down there? What the, what the, oh what the, what the, Joe, you're really showing your age right now. <laughs> a million characters <laughs> is how Joe Galina is referring to uh, the Pokemans. <laughs> Not po- Living Legends! <laughs> Pokemon Go Fest is uh, going on in Chicago right now. There's a rumor right. for anyone out there who might be listening and yeah. playing Pokemon Go. Yeah, I hope we don't lose listeners because they're going to like stop listening and go watch the Pokemon feed now. No, no. <laughs> I mean, look, you can have that on. Listen to us on your phone. Download the app, FNTSY Radio. It's free. <laughs> okay. But um, there's a rumor that a legendary Pokemon is going to be revealed oh, I, I don't know. I at thought Pokemon Go Fest. I thought you said million. I just, I guess I wasn't listening to you down there in the control room. I think and you said there's like a million that are going to be uh, uh, released. No, there's probably yeah. a million people there. Oh, to be honest, okay, a million people. That's yeah. even if they sadder. Defeat That's the, even sadder. <laughs> if they defeat the legendary Pokemon, uh-huh. it will be revealed to the rest of the world. So we're going to see like a, a bunch of millennials walking around uh, like they're... Uh, like they're zombies like we did last summer? Oh, yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Boy. It's back. It's back. And it's big, Joey. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. That's all right. Sorry That's I ruined your Saturday. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Carry on. Do what you were doing. All right. Back to San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah. Our superhero doppelgangers. All right. So uh, no one knows about this next guy that we're going to be talking about. Very mysterious. Yes. What are you? I'm Batman. Get <laughs> <laughs> That's from the first Batman, Michael Keaton. Who's your favorite Batman in the movies? Michael Keaton is my yeah. favorite Batman. You don't like the... Uh, who was the guy that had the nipples in, in his uh, costume? Was what? that George Clooney? Oh, or, God. or Val Kilmer? One of those guys. I, oh, my God. Both of those were terrible. Yeah. Real quick side note again. My brother, he's a huge, huge Batman fan. Mm-hmm. In college, he wrote like a five-page essay. Wow. Explaining why... George Clooney was a disgrace <laughs> to the Batman franchise. I kid you not. Wow. He, he's very passionate about the subject. So he doesn't like George Clooney. I'm sure he doesn't like Val Kilmer nope. either. How could you have like a dirty blonde Bruce Wayne Batman? I yeah, mean, I was I not a fan of either. Yeah. Well, who's your favorite Batman? Uh, I liked Keaton, but I'll tell you. The, the, Adam West? Oh, yeah. Back in the day? Well, yeah, Is he actually your favorite one or... Uh, that was more of like a like a campy. It was kind of like a goofy. Yeah, yeah. But it Batman. Was, but yeah, I guess yeah. He's probably number one just because he's the legend. Yeah. Right? And uh, I guess Bale would be second. He really did a good job. Yeah, he's the awesome. Last few. Uh, I'm sorry to see him go. Affleck. Uh, you he's know, all but now right. they're saying that he's going to lose that gig. I, I would rank him ahead of Clooney and Val mm-hmm, Kilmer, mm-hmm. but definitely behind. For me, Michael Keaton number one, Christian Bale number two, Adam West number three, and then Ben Affleck. Right. I, I think John Hamm could probably be a good Batman. Uh, Who is son, this? John Hamm from uh, Mad Men. 
my son says maybe he's a little too old at this John point. John Ham? Yeah, John H A M M. He has that Batman kind of look. I'm looking him up from, right now. From Mad Men. I don't watch Mad Men, but he does kind of have show the should, look. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about. We'll keep on talking about Batman. But we keep get, we just keep going <laughs> off on tangents here. Paul Blackburn. Uh, starting pitcher for the A's, uh, guy. If if you look at his stats, okay, uh, twenty five innings pitched, uh, ERA of two point eight eight, one point one six WHIP. I mean, his he pitches to contact. His strikeout per nine. You were laughing before three point two. Uh, walk rate isn't terrible, two point five. But here's a guy that he just reminds you of Batman. He's mysterious, doesn't have superhuman powers, but he finds a way to get it done. So I had done a lot of research on him because I included him a few weeks ago on my watch list column for the Roto Experts. So uh, where's the bell? I'm Smart, looking for a bell okay. to ring. Ding, I can't ding, find one. ding, ding. Smart pitcher, uh, proactive, uh, makes. In-game adjustments, uh, ground ball pitcher too. So pitching in that ballpark should do pretty well. Uh, there was something that kind of caught your eye about what keep, I keep keep going, Joe. <laughs> keep going. Changes locations and speeds. Uh, All right, I'm reading gives, that. Gives opposing batters different looks throughout the game. If the original game plan isn't working, he'll change it. He'll find a way to get it done, just like Batman. Uh, but he's been uh, described as unflappable. Okay, we've got another sidebar right now. Joe, yes. what the hell does it mean when a pitcher is unflappable? Please explain this to me. It means he doesn't get flapped. He doesn't get flapped. <laughs> no. Uh, unflappable just means that, look, he doesn't uh, panic if something's not going his way. Unflappable. Yes. All right. I, yeah. I'm going to try he to use the word unflappable five times throughout the show okay. uh, from here on out. Just because unflappable is just not something that you hear every single day. All right. To describe a guy, you know, Paul Blackburn. Joe, I, I've been unflappable today. You've been on my case all freaking day. Get off my back, Frank. Hey, you're the one yelling at me for watching Pokemon Go Fest in the breaks, all right? Okay. If I want to be a millennial, let me be. There you go. <laughs> Here's a participation trophy, all right? Get out of here. Here's what I will say about Paul Blackburn. At every single level he's been in the minor leagues, yes. extremely consistent. Yes. We're talking about from rookie ball all the way up to AAA. Mm -hmm. He has had an ERA between 3.05 and 3.54. It has never been higher than 3.54. Right. So he's been incredibly consistent from that regard in at the minor league level. He didn't get a lot of strikeouts there either. He's never going to be a guy who gets you strikeouts. Right. In a roto, if you're looking for a guy who can give you that, kind of upside, Blackburn is not the guy. But here's what he can do, Joe. Mm -hmm. He can definitely help you out with your ratios. He can help yeah. you out with ERA and whip. We talk about, you know, velocity being very important in this day and age in, mm -hmm. base, mm -hmm. in baseball. And I do agree. What does Just, velocity lead to? Hard hit contact. Tommy John surgery. Tommy John as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to bring up, you know, there is something to be said for a pitcher's ability to change speeds keep hitters off balance and that's exactly what Blackburn can do and we've seen pitchers in this mold who you know don't get a ton of strikeouts but do enough where they're able to keep hitters off balance a lot and they can maintain a very reasonable ERA and whip and can help you in that regard so I wanted to bring up a player comp to you sure. uh, like a Kyle Hendricks I, yeah, I think yeah, that Black, yeah. Blackburn can be good one, very good one. a Kyle Hendricks-esque pitcher because look at just look at the hard hit rate as well what do we like so much about Kyle Hendricks is 
he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, but he keeps hitters off balance a lot, and he keeps his hard hit rate down. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get hit hard at all. Um, he makes he makes hitters uh, look foolish, to be honest, because right. he has uh, deceptiveness, and he changes speeds, he changes locations, he works all throughout the strike zone. Blackburn has a hard hit rate of just 24%. I know mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a small sample size, only four starts so far, but he's able to keep hitters off balance so far, and, and they're not able to generate hard contact against him. So if you need a guy who can give you solid ERA, I think maybe in the 3.5 to 3.7 range or lower pitching in that ballpark in mm-hmm. Oakland, I think that he'll be able to do that. Again, he's yep. not going to give you uh, any strikeouts at all, really. Correct. 3.24 Correct. K per nine is absolutely dreadful. He should help you in, in whip and, and ERA, like you said. Yeah. I mean, so I, I yeah. like him there in a roto mm-hmm. league if you need help. In a points league, uh, he's gone at least six innings, three straight starts. He's giving you three quality starts in a row. So mm-hmm. uh, if you get a bonus for quality starts, I think you can help you there. If you're chasing wins, he's probably not going to be able to help you because the Oakland A's suck. But all in all, um, I read you what he d- he's done in the minor leagues. I think he might be able to do something similar to that in the major league level if he can continue to keep hitters off balance. So mm-hmm. I really, really like this player that you brought up, Joe. I, I like the, the Batman comparison. He's very mysterious. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. know what Just you're going to... Just finds gonna... a way to get it done. Doesn't have superhuman he- powers, yeah, right? Yeah. Like a lot of these superheroes do. That, that's, a, it's yeah. a, that's a very nice comparison. Probably the Thank best you. one we've done yet. Wow. Uh, I like this. Very good. Okay. Um, why don't we uh, talk about uh, a speedster? Did you see him? Did you see him? Nope. No. Uh, Rajay Davis. <laughs> Rajay Davis, man. Uh, 13% owned, eight stolen bases in July, uh, and deeper uh, formats uh, should be available for you, right? Um, uh, Danny Santana. Ben Revere, two other guys that uh, have five stolen bases for you each this month. Ben Revere, though, I think it's a little shaky in terms of his playing time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for both guys, Danny yeah. Santana and Ben Revere, these are guys that I'm only looking at in 15-team roto leagues or deeper. Mm-hmm. I'm not touching them in points leagues at all because they're not going to play every day like Joe just brought up. Uh, but they are guys who can pinch run here and there, give you a stolen base if you're really desperate. So 15-team leagues are deeper. I like those guys for speed. AL only. Definitely NL only for Danny Santana playing for the Atlanta Braves now. Uh, but Rajay Davis, honestly, he had a terrible first half. Yes. He hit 210. Uh, he had a 578 OPS. But so far, since the All-Star break, he's hitting 529, has nine hits in 17 at-bats, three stolen bases. In the month of July overall, he's hitting 333 uh, with a home, one home run and eight stolen bases. So mm-hmm. you don't want to hold the first half against him too right. much. If you need stolen bases, this is the guy that you want to look Can't at. Can't hold grudges in fantasy. Look. Coming into the year, we were targeting him, hoping that he can give us 30-plus stolen bases. He's at 18 right now. If we could get 12 the rest of the way, mm-hmm. that, that's very, very valuable, especially in a roto format. Absolutely. Want to try to get to one more before we uh, go to commercial? Uh, yeah, yeah, real quick. Let's hit it. All right. How about uh, a superhero that doesn't really get a lot of play, but there's going to be a movie coming out pretty soon. Um, I think they're showing the, the preview at Comic-Con this year. The Punisher. And uh, you were talking about Nick Williams being the Punisher's doppelganger. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of Nick Williams. He has the prospect pedigree in that Phillies organization. He was another piece, part of that Cole Hamels trade that came over from the Texas Rangers. And I call him the Punisher because... Since he's been up in the major leagues, that is 17 games so far, 
His hard hit rate is 45.7%. He's hitting well against both sides of the plate right now, against left-handers, against right-handers. Uh, he strikes out a decent bit, 25% strikeout rate, but he's hitting 311, three home runs, eight runs scored, 12 RBIs. The Phillies are an organization who is looking towards the future, sure. so I think they're going to give Nick Williams every opportunity to play. Uh Every day for mm-hmm. the rest of the season, and with that being said, um, he had power speed potential in the minor leagues. I wouldn't be surprised if he can give you a handful of home runs and stolen bases the rest of the way with a good batting average. There you go, very nice. Uh, maybe we'll do a couple more of these, but then we got to get to uh, MLB trade rumors because it's getting yeah. to be that time. Uh, we'll have more weekend fantasy update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network coming up. Many fantasy football players are focusing on their upcoming drafts later this summer. But the smart fantasy owner knows there's another big draft before the one where you pick the players. The first step in building a winner for the 2017 season is to draft the best team of experts for your preseason prep. So make the right selection and pick the squad at rotoexperts.com by purchasing the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. The Roto Experts roster features FSWA inaugural Hall of Famer and former Fantasy Football Writer of the Year Scott Engel, nationally acclaimed top ranker Jake Seeley, 2015 and 16 FSWA award winners, Bobby McMahon and Brandon Murchison, and many more analysis with impressive stats. They bring you a draft package bursting with all pro analysis and in-season coverage that'll guide you to title glory. So pick the team to help you build the right team. Make your first important selection of the 2017 season now and get the exclusive edge fantasy football package from rotoexperts.com. Be sure to enter promo code free radio at checkout for your discount. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina along with Frankie Cheech Stample. Pete Considori producing our show, doing a great job this morning or this afternoon. Whenever we ask him to do a great job, he does a great job. Morning, noon, night. That's what I like about Pete. So um, we were talking about uh, some superhero doppelgangers off the waiver wire. That, that was pretty fun. A couple more, not really even superhero doppelgangers, but just a couple of guys that you might want to look for this weekend on your fantasy baseball waiver wire. What about, and I know, don't laugh at me when I say this guy's name, Tyler Clippard? Supposedly, he could be the closer for the White Sox. You know, we didn't talk about the deal that the Yankees made. That's true. I really uh, bring it up. I, I liked it. Yeah. I think the reason why I like it so much is Tommy Canley. Yeah. Like, having him for three years of arbitration eligibility yeah. mm-hmm. is huge. I mean, well, with fact, that strikeout upside yeah. and his his ERA and whip, uh, that that is going to be huge for the next couple of years There's for them. a few things I like about it, too. The fact that the Yankees know these guys, I mean, they drafted Robertson, they drafted Canley, right? Uh, we know Robertson could perform in, in New York. The thing that I thought about was... Hey, man, is there something wrong with Araldis Chapman that the Yanks, I mean, obviously they're not going to make public, but Chapman's been struggling a bit, and he hasn't been as old. I mean, the velocity's still there, but, you know, he's walking people, giving up hits. Is something brewing, you're wondering? Um, And in a way, another thing I like about it, too, is it really, really shortens the game. So if the Yanks don't uh, make aren't able to make a deal for a starting pitcher this season, they still have a very good chance of, Make it a decent show in the playoffs if they do happen to make the playoffs this season because of that strong bullpen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, having starting pitchers like CC Sabathia, you mm-hmm. don't know how 
deep he's going to go into games. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, a guy who has been getting rocked around a little bit recently. So if he can't go as deep into games, honestly, if your starting pitchers can give you five solid innings, you have a six, seven, eight, nine, right. which is absolutely insane. Uh, I do want to touch on Chapman, like you mentioned a little bit. I think it's fair to speculate at least a little bit because you watch him pitch. He's always been erratic, but this year it seems even more so that he's just very all over the place. I'm kind of in the same camp as you where maybe there's something that he's pitching through. I mean, he had a disabled list stint already this mm-hmm. season, so and I think know, th- that's Cubs fair to speculate. Him. Yep. Yeah, they just said, the hell with it. We're going to win the World Series. We don't care how, how many innings. You know, you're a free agent. We're not going to sign you. Yeah, they probably knew <laughs> that they weren't going to sign him, so they wanted to get everything out of him, and they really did. They overworked him in the playoffs. And it's I mean, scary. it worked out because they won the World Series, yeah. but for, for his value and value moving forward... Um, What's scary I think you have Yankees to be worried at least a little bit. Is that they signed them to a five-year contract. Yeah. So if there is an issue, let, let's say, God forbid, he needs uh, Tommy John surgery. God forbid, right? Yeah. So he's done this year, done all of next year, right? So then, what, But at what least they have pieces in place, though. Yeah. They have Tommy Hanley, who's going to be under contract at mm-hmm. least the next three years. David Robertson's under contract for next year. Yeah. So it's, it, depth is never a problem. It, it, it's, it's a good problem to have. with him, too. Hopefully he can work through Mechanically, it. Hopefully he's Hopefully it's been more off. mechanic, right? Yeah. Uh, but he's a guy that could end up, he's shown that he could close as well. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. you know, I think you brought up Tyler Clippard. I think one of the biggest <laughs> wins of this trade for the Yankees is the fact that they don't have to roll him out there anymore. Right, right. He's getting strikeouts, but walks a ton of guys. He's a fly ball pitcher in Yankee Stadium. That was a, a terrible combination mm-hmm. there. ERA over five on the season, the FIP and the XFIP, all the peripherals say that he's not much better than that either. So I guess in a, in a deeper league, you have to take a shot on any relief pitcher who has a chance to get saves. Right. So he should be owned regardless in 14-team leagues or deeper. Uh, even in 12-team roto leagues, he has to be owned for, for those saves. I was speculating on Anthony Swarzak as well, who's having a very fine season, yep. but... Uh, he is a free agent at the end of the year as well, so I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up getting shipped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tyler Clippard, somebody that might be on you. Well, he definitely will be. I mean, I thought he, I saw him less than twenty percent owned. Uh, just Rightfully so. Ago. Yeah, he Who sucked. Would own the, he sucked, and he was a, a middle reliever too, so not much uh, upside there. But now that he's getting, he has a chance to get some saves, yes. Um, just you know, be, be careful. Uh, and I thought of him as more of a plastic man guy because you know you know a plastic man looks like he wears the goggles. But anyway, uh, honorable mention uh, off the wave wire. What about a guy that you would never consider? R. A. Dickey, thirty-seven percent owned. Um, you know, look, I usually want no part of this guy, but uh, his home away splits have been pretty good. Home five and two, three point three three ERA. Um, last six starts, seven innings uh, pitched in four of those starts, and a one point eight zero ERA. I mean. During that stretch, you yeah. know what word I would use to describe him, Joe? No. Unflappable. I knew it. I just let you say it. <laughs> but look, in the month of July, <laughs> just say in four it. starts, he has a 2.42 ERA, 20 strikeouts, and 26 innings pitch. Another guy that should be targeted in deeper formats. Mm-hmm. I mean, in 15-team Roto, yes. Yes. Uh, Benny and I picked him up in mm-hmm. GST a couple of weeks ago, and yes. he's he's been performing Okay, you can't yeah. expect much out of him. If he could get you quality starts, six yeah. innings, three earned runs, I think that's fair. That's the thing. Like I said, he pitched uh, seven innings, I think, in, in four of those starts or whatnot. So, I mean, nobody does that today. And, uh, you know, a quality start is six innings or more. So, yeah, I mean, if you have that category, he might be a, a guy to consider. Uh, you wanted to talk about uh, Houston Astro uh, call-up for the week, right? Yes, Colin mm-hmm. Moran, who uh, probably their top third-base prospect right now in the minor leagues, I would say. Uh, in 
at that level, at the AAA level, he was hitting 308 with 18 home runs, 63 RBIs. They threw him at third base yesterday, slid Alex Bregman over to shortstop. Hopefully, that'll light some kind of fire under Alex Bregman because he's been a major disappointment this season. Yep. But for Colin Moran, I think he is a guy that could be targeted in deeper formats while Carlos Correa is out if they choose to go down this route consistently. He's out, what, about six weeks, I think? Six to eight weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, Colin Moran... He can help you at third base. Corner infield has a little bit of pop. Last night, his first career game, he hit a triple and a home run. So Mm -hmm. uh, there is some upside there, especially in that lineup, even if he's batting ninth. That lineup is so damn deep that he'll have opportunities to drive guys in. And then right there, back at the top of the lineup, is George Springer hitting behind him. So if he gets on base, he has a pretty fair shot of scoring a run as well. So I want as much exposure to that Houston Astros lineup as well. Uh, I think he's a guy that should be targeted in deeper leagues. Good league numbers, uh, 291 batting average, 354 on base percentage. So someone uh, that knows how to get on base and, and, and can hit for average. Um, and, uh, I mean, he's already owned all over the place, but Yoan Mankeda got his first hit last night, a triple. Four runs better than I yep, believe. four runs better than Yeah, so um, he's owned all over the place, but just thought I'd mention uh, we've been waiting for him for a long time. So let's get to uh, some trade rumors. Uh, trade deadline uh, nine days away, July 31st. So uh, Sonny Gray is being shopped all over the place, and we're talking about the uh, Yankees uh, that they made some moves for some bullpen guys because uh, you never know if you're going to get uh, a starting pitcher in today's trade uh, environment, right? Because so many teams are after Gray: Astros, Dodgers, Cubs, Brewers, uh, maybe even the Braves. <laughs> I mean, so, so he's under control until 2019, uh, arbitration eligible for the next two seasons. Yeah, and I do think that there's a fair chance that he's going to get moved because Oakland has to completely reboot that farm system, and honestly. Looking at the teams that are available, if he goes to the Dodgers or the Cubs, I think that's okay because he'll have an opportunity to win more games, uh, pretty good defense behind him. For for both of those teams, moving over to the National League won't hurt. And I think the Dodgers more so than the Cubs is a, a good ballpark. But if he were to move over to the Houston Astros or the Milwaukee Brewers, mm-hmm. I mean, that is a completely different <laughs> yeah. you know, park factor ballpark, there, moving yeah. from Oakland to to Houston, which is a good hitter's environment, and mm-hmm. Milwaukee, which is also a good hitter's environment. Yep. And as good as Sonny Gray has been this season, he has a 4.85 ERA on the road. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's something that should be discussed. I'd love this move if he can end up with the Dodgers or the Cubs. The Dodgers really would be the best spot for him because they have tremendous run support right now, uh, and that is a pretty good pitcher's ballpark as well. Mm-hmm. Not as good as Oakland, but you know it would help him out there. Could rack up a few more strikeouts facing the pitcher in the National League, too. So I do like that. I think the Yankees are a dark horse candidate here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still need a first baseman. Chase Headley sucks. Mm-hmm. I think we've gone through that enough. Uh, there's a chance that they can try and get Sonny Gray and Yonder Alonso, mm. but we're going to have to cough up some, some major assets there, right, Joe. Right, like, right. It would probably take Mateo and another pretty big name prospect. I don't I don't think they would give up Torres, but maybe like a Clint Frazier. And and I, I wouldn't want them to do that. And, and yeah, I, I want Frazier and, and to be an everyday outfielder for the Yankees. Did you watch the game last night? Oh my, did you see that catch? Uh, yeah. He was talk about superheroes. In a one guy, in, in a one inning stretch. Yeah. He made a phenomenal catch to to in, get CC out of trouble. Yeah. And and then he had an also uh, he RBI double. He hit a rocket of a double. Yes. And 
He tagged up on the next play from second to third, right. showing off the speed, yes. and then ended up scoring the next play on a sacrifice fly. And he saved a cat from a tree as well right <laughs> after that. So this guy just did everything last night. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want them to get rid of Clint Frazier. Yeah. Uh, I think he well, might be one of those guys that was getting a little bit bored at the minor league level yeah. and might play better in the majors than anything we've ever seen I, at I'm the minor leagues. I'm hearing a lot of people say, hey, you know, uh, let's, let's move Ellsbury. Let's be done with him. And No one's going to take contract. on that contract. Yes, it's yes, terrible. I agree. Uh, probably, I guess, in the modern era of the Yankees, you know, post-Steinbrenner, that's probably the worst contract that they signed, well, other than A-Rod when they signed him to that um, extension. Yeah. I, I, w- I wish that they would have invested that money in Robinson Cano instead. Mm-hmm. Imagine the team that they would have right now, Joe. Yeah. As much as I but like Stalin Castro. They have a decent middle infield. I mean, yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, Stalin right, and yeah. Didi. I mean, if they had Robbie Cano to go along with Aaron Judge, Matt Holiday, mm-hmm. uh, Gary Sanchez, I mean, this that, that would be an even crazier lineup than what they have now. I, I really, I said it when it happened, and I'll continue to say it. I think they should have coughed up the money for Robinson Cano rather mm-hmm. than signing Ellsbury. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but even while it was happening, I was saying that I would have rather had Robbie Cano. Hmm. All right, well, that's fair. I mean, I, it's a lot of years, yeah. but did you think about that swing in Yankee Stadium? He would have been successful for I a think long time. At that time. point, we were really feeling this thing, we the Yankees, yeah. of that A Rod contract, so that that hurt too. So that's well, true. Yeah. When we come back, Zach Britton, you Darvish. Justin Verlander, they all could be in the move. Dodgers, Cubs, trying to make moves for everyone. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. In 2016, Scott Engel predicted an impressive second season from Melvin Gordon. Jake Seeley recommended Jordan Howard. Bobby McMahon forecasted a JGI breakthrough. George Kurtz saw a big year coming from Matt Ryan. And Joe Galina picked Rashard Matthews as one of his top sleepers. These predictions turned fantasy owners into champions, and the same crew returns this year. With more savvy calls in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at RotoExperts.com. Don't miss the calls that create winners. Register now and enter free radio at checkout for a special discount. All right, we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Frankie Cheech, Stanfield, Pete Considori producing the show. Uh, let's try to get through some uh, more of these trade rumors. Let's uh, go rapid fire, Joe. Rapid fire. Zach Britton. Uh, look, if you were worried about him, well, if you were worried about Brock losing uh, save opportunities, well, Zach Britton supposedly is on the... Uh, is on the block. He's eligible, arbitration eligible in 2018. Dodgers, Nationals, Astros, and Rays. Of course, the Nationals are going to go after a, a closer. Yeah, I mean, they went out and they, they got some guys. They got Ryan Madsen and Sean Doolittle, but they still need that that anchor. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try and go out and get Zach Britton. The Dodgers are surprising, but apparently they have had the most interest of any team. Imagine <laughs> an 8-9 of Zach Britton and Kenley Jansen. <laughs> yeah. That would be insane. Mm-hmm. I did want to bring up that... Uh, if Zach Britton is shipped out, the Orioles are also looking to shop uh, Brad Brock as well. So if both of those wow. guys are traded, Michael Givens is the name to watch here. He has a 2.05 ERA mm-hmm. with a 9.12 K per nine this season. All right, you Darvish, uh, best rental pitcher available at the deadline? I don't know, tw- I think so. 12 Ks last night, really pitched well. 
Um, Cubs are have been linked to him recently, and those Dodgers again. The Cubs are linked to everyone, Dodgers as well, and uh, the Brewers need that front line starter too, right? Yeah, yeah. The Brewers, I think, are a better candidate to get the next name that we'll talk about, so mm-hmm. I'll wait on that. I think uh, the Cubs have already shown legitimate interest, and the Dodgers, as great as that Dodgers rotation is, a lot of those guys are left-handed, so they still can use a right-handed Alex cog Wood in that awesome. rotation. Gave up nine runs, uh, was it yesterday or the day before, I thought? Uh, uh, I think it was yesterday. Thought, yeah. He gave up a grand slam to Jaime Garcia, yeah. which is completely yeah. insane. Right. Now, and you, you look, everyone's allowed uh, one bad yeah. outing. but uh, We'll sweep that one under the rug. Yeah. rug we'll let you get, the, get away with that one. <laughs> uh, Justin Verlander. This is the guy. Could be controlled through 2020. Has a hot uh, girlfriend or wife? I don't know. Did they get married? Kate Upton? I don't know, right. to be honest. Well, I'm not completely in tune with my uh, yeah. my pop culture uh, celebrity marriages or Pokemon, whatever. Pokemon and stuff. I know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so over the past four second halves, Verlander has a 2.70 ERA. Uh, you said the Brewers might be looking to uh, land him. Yeah, I mean, surprisingly enough, the Brewers are still in it to this point, and you look at their rotation, it's pretty dreadful. I mean... No one's going to knock the offense there. They're going to be able to put up runs. But I think a guy like Justin Verlander is exactly what they need, a frontline starter for years to come. Mm-hmm. He could provide veteran leadership, which they don't really have uh, in that pitching staff at all right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you mentioned, over the past four second halves, a 2.70 ERA, mm-hmm. uh, that was actually an MLB Network stat. So I will give them their credit. Sure, I, I sure. was watching yesterday, and they brought it up. I mm-hmm. thought thought it was a great stat. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We also mentioned Kate Upton. I don't know. Maybe there's something that happens during these all-star breaks where, you know, Justin Verlander maybe getting some some good loving and then comes out in the second half firing away and, you know, having monster second halves. And And she stands by her man, too. I liked it when when he didn't win the uh, Cy Young. She tweeted out uh, in his defense. Yeah. You need a good woman. Behind every great man is a is a great woman. Right? She, yeah, she's got a potty mouth though. I don't I don't like that about. I don't like that in a woman. Wow. No okay. potty mouths, Joe Galina. All right, there you go. No potty mouths. <laughs> uh, Justin Wilson, uh, another closer. I mean, you thought that you struck gold with him, right? Because he inherited that that uh, closer role for the Tigers, but he yeah. could be on the move. And he's pre- he's been pretty reliable this season too. I just wanted to go through a few closers here mm-hmm. that are being shopped, and if they are sure. traded. Which guy? Which is the next man up to get the job? And yeah. Alex Wilson has a little bit of closing experience, so maybe it would be him, but his numbers haven't been great. Joe, I'm going back to our guy who we <laughs> mentioned on Fantasy First Look months ago, yeah. Joe Jimenez, yeah, who yeah. Uh, That's right. in July at the AAA level, 9.2 innings pitched, 4 hits, 3 walks, 12 strikeouts, overall a 1.74 ERA at AAA this season. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. Uh, A.J. Romas, another closer that could be on the move. Uh, but uh, look, second hour, Levi Damien uh, talking Oakland Raiders fantasy football. We'll be right back with lots more on the Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Here are your hosts, Joe Galena, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. Working on the 
Welcome back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. I am Joe Glenn. I'm here with Frankie Cheech Stample. And uh, Pete Cusadori continues to bedazzle us with his producing skills. And uh, hey, coming up in the next segment, Levi Damien, Editor-in-Chief of Silver and Black Pride, uh, part of the SB Nation Network. So we'll be talking fantasy football, specifically the Raiders. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, so let's, uh, what's been going on this week? Some some uh, late-breaking, not really late-breaking news, but uh, Cowboys news, right? Um, we talked about Zeke last week, and then uh, Sunday night, this guy just keeps on putting himself into bad positions. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you don't want to condemn the guy if he's not been officially charged with anything or uh, convicted of anything, but he just puts himself in bad situations. Uh, he's been, he was linked to a uh, barroom brawl or something. So, I have a weird theory about this, too, talk Joe. To me, talk to me. Um, people who were there were saying that Zeke punched some guy in the face that was harassing a woman. Ah. So I have a theory that he was trying to clear his name of the domestic violence allegations that he was can, part can of by defending a woman. Was he like trying to be a superhero uh, leading so. up to San Diego Comic-Con? Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, because there was different rumors. Uh, some said he punched someone. Others said, no, we didn't see him punch anybody. But anyway. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. So the Cowboys are working out Ronnie Hillman and Denard Robinson. So you, you, you wonder if they're starting to get worried now yeah. in terms of you know Zeke being... Um, uh, suspended for whatever it is, one, two, maybe three. Who knows? It's it's hard to speculate. Apparently, the league already <laughs> knows how many games they're going to suspend him. They just haven't, or or, or yeah. you know, not suspend him at all. Apparently, right. they already have their decision, mm-hmm. but they just haven't released it yet. Right. So they're kind of wrapping up the investigation. But the mm-hmm. fact that the Cowboys are working these two guys out, yeah. makes me very nervous. Speaks volumes, right? Yeah. Look, if I it's mean, if it's two games mm-hmm. or less, I'm not dropping him. Mm-hmm. In a PPR, maybe behind the wide receivers, the, that those two, three guys, mm-hmm. the Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, in standard, I'm not dropping it. If it's three or more, then I think you have to start to consider it. I think in any situation, if you do draft them, you better make sure that you get a very solid uh, RB3. Yes. You know, to, to take that place, whether it's his handcuff or someone else like a Garrett Blunt that you could pick up later, or maybe even uh, somebody that we're going to talk to Levi Damien about, maybe a Marshawn Lynch is, is someone that you could put in uh, Zeke's place if indeed he does get suspended. What's your, what's your thought? You think he gets suspended? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a short suspension, one or two. Mm-hmm. With that being said, if they want to make an example out of the guy and make sure he doesn't keep his name in the news anymore, mm-hmm. perhaps it could be more lengthy. But I think we're looking at one or two games. All right. Levi Damien, editor-in-chief of Silver and Black Pride, the part of the SB Nation Network, coming up next on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I owed the IRS $10,000. The IRS garnished my wages. They put a lien on my house. The IRS is the most powerful collection agency in the world. They do not give up until you pay. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions Now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions Now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions Now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. Tax Solutions Now can get you help. Our agents know 
the rules can stop the pain and get you the best deal. We connect you with a team of former IRS agents and tax professionals who will get the IRS off your back. We saved our home and overcame the most powerful collection agency in the world. Call Tax Solutions now. Time is running out. Call 800-910-9962-800-910-9962-800-910-9962-800-910-9962. In 2016, Scott Engel predicted an impressive second season from Melvin Gordon. Jake Seeley recommended Jordan Howard. Bobby McMahon forecasted a JHI breakthrough. George Kurtz saw a big year coming from Matt Ryan. And Joe Galena picked Rashard Matthews as one of his top sleepers. These predictions turn fantasy owners into champions, and the same crew returns this year. With more savvy calls in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at rotoexperts.com. Don't miss the calls that create winners. Register now and enter free radio at checkout for a special discount. Join the family at Modell Sporting Goods. Visit your nearest Modell's and sign up for our MVP rewards program to receive insider deals all year round. Earn points on every purchase when you use your MVP card to earn Modell's cash back. It's our way of thanking you for being a loyal customer. Upon signing up, receive 10% off your purchase and 15% off your next purchase. It's that simple. Plus, new MVPs this month are eligible to win a $500 Modell's gift card. When you got to play more and pay less, you got to go to Mo's. Quarterback to receiver hookups, running back depth analysis, rookie values in dynasty leagues, deep sleepers, training camp battles. These are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package now at RotoExperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount. Are you looking for the greatest fantasy show ever? Well, we've got it for you. It's On Target Fantasy. Every day, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, drive time right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You can hear me, best-selling author Joe Pizzapia. You can hear number one ranker Jake Seeley and DFS guru himself, Benny Ricciardi. We are On Target, the award-winning best fantasy sports radio show in the business, says FSTA. So what are you waiting for? It's time to get On Target because we are. Are you? And welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena along with Frankie Cheech, Stampo, Pete Consadari producing our show. And we are excited to welcome the next guest to our show. Uh, Levi Damien is the editor-in-chief of Silver and Black Pride. That's part of the SB Nation Network. You can follow him on Twitter at... Levi Damien, that's at L-E-V-I-D-A-M-D-A-M-I-E-N. Levi, you there? Yep. Hey, Levi, how you doing, buddy? Doing really good. Thanks for joining Getting us. Ready for training camp. That's right, that's right. Exactly when uh, do the Raiders uh, appear? When's their training camp start? They report on the 28th and first practice is the 29th, so uh, next Friday and Saturday. So this time next week, they'll be, they'll be hitting the field for their first practice. That is awesome. It's a great time to be covering the Raiders, uh, getting better and better. And, and, and in looking at uh, Raiders quarterback Derek Carr's career stats, 
he has progressively gotten better and better year after year. Uh, Raiders obviously showed that they think he has elite qualities. They made him the NFL's highest paid player, five-year, $125 million contract extension. Uh, the Raiders run a pretty balanced offense, and they like to use their running game. Um, is that going to limit Carr's ceiling for fantasy purposes, or is it only a matter of time before we could start comparing him to QBs like uh, Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees? I don't think it's going to limit him that much. I think uh, he's got a lot of weapons on the offense that he can spread the ball around to. And he also, I mean, you mentioned the running backs, but he also throws the ball a pretty decent amount to the the running backs as well. So having that many running backs, I don't think it's going to be weapons in the, in the running backfield. Is I don't think it's going to limit him too much. Hey, Levi, Frank Stanfield here. Really appreciate you coming on. I wanted to start with the, the receiving core here. Uh, two straight seasons with at least 1,000 receiving yards. That's for Amari Cooper. He's put up some very good real-life numbers to start his career. However, fantasy football players who own shares in him have been frustrated because Derek Carr loves to go to Michael Crabtree, and I can't blame him, in the red zone. Uh, and also because although Cooper's... Overall numbers have improved in his first two seasons in the NFL. He's been a bit inconsistent uh, on a game-to-game basis. So I want to ask you, can Cooper develop into a legitimate, hands-down, number one wide receiver? I guess more so for for fantasy purposes this year. I'm talking about a guy who could regularly get uh, 8 to 10 touchdowns per season. I think he can and he will. I think this season he will be um, among the upper echelon of of wide receivers and you talk about like the fact that i like they like to use the term vulture his uh, you know his touchdowns from him. he gets the yards but he doesn't get the uh, get the touchdowns if you look uh, one of the things that stands out about him this offseason and it stood out the moment i saw him is he's much bigger like he's bulked up and the main criticism he he's had little criticisms here and there in his career uh was i think early last year there were some criticisms about the fact that he wasn't um, tapping his toes or dragging his feet in bounds on the sideline enough. He wasn't. He, he, kept, he just kept just getting his foot out of bounds. So he worked on that over a few weeks' time and over the bye week, and then he fixed it. Essentially, he's he's that's something he's always done really well. So one of the the last criticisms that I've had of him, and I've seen others have it as well, is his he's got a an overall lack of like aggressiveness and like his strength of like bodying up the corner to fight for the ball. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been his focus. And I think that's why it's, that's why he's bulked. That's why he's so bulked up. It's one of the things that he's, he's focused on being is just like, as he's got all the speed, he's got the route running, he's got the hands. Now he just needs to say that ball is mine and I'm mm-hmm. going to take it. And I'm, and that's so that Derek Carr can trust him um, in the red zone. And I don't think it's entirely a trust issue in the red zone. I think it's simple. It's a matter of a lot of teams, they focus on um, Amari Cooper as the number one receiver when you're down there. Mm-hmm. And Derek Carr reads the defense. He sees that there are other guys that are going to be open, and he's going to throw the ball there. All right. So uh, we talked about the uh, the Raiders having uh, you know Derek Carr, his development, and that's partly due to them having one of the best offensive lines in football. And that's obviously going to also help their running game. Uh, you know, we had talked, heard the the whispers and rumors about Marshawn Lynch coming out of retirement, and it actually happened. So that's that's awesome to be talking about. Uh, we all know what kind of a back he was in his prime, but at 31 and coming off a one year layoff, what do you think we could really expect from uh, Beast Mode this season? I mean, can he carry the ball 250 times? Uh, I mean, 
you know, he's motivated to play in front of his hometown uh, crowd, right? I mean, do you think he could rush for a thousand yards this season? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, and I, I, don't, I don't want it to sound like I'm biased or anything, uh, but he, um, you, you mentioned that the offensive line, he, the offensive line he was running behind in Seattle when he his last couple of years there was putrid. It right. was bad, especially his last year. People give him a lot of a flack for his last season when he was averaging, I think, 3.8 yards per carry. But the but Pro Football Focus did a study and they they figured out that that he actually that season still led the NFL in yards after contact because what was happening is he, uh, like more than half of his yards per per carry were yards after contact because he because the offensive line was not holding up well enough. So you take that guy, you take that guy that has more broken tackles since 2013 than any other running back in the league, even when you consider the fact that he hasn't played in a year and a half. Right. And and you put him behind arguably the best offensive line, certainly the best interior offensive line in football, and you have a recipe for for good things to happen because you know he's still got the instincts he always had. He's even if he, even at 31, mm-hmm. and if he gets a hole, he's he can go he can make it happen and he could break he can break some tackles and get those extra yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean I'm excited to see him back. I mean uh, you know where he's going in fantasy drafts, I, I kind of like him. So, uh, but just in case in case things don't work out for uh, for Lynch, I mean who could we we expect to be his backup or handcuff, uh, as we like to say. Uh, DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard uh, both averaged more than five yards per carry last season. Uh, which one of those guys do you think uh, would be his primary backup? Uh, should something uh, should he go down with an injury or whatnot? It would be Richard. Richard is the uh, is the next guy up. Mm-hmm. He's he. They both played well at times last season. I think Richard pretty much was good throughout the season from start to finish he's he's really he's shifty he's fast and and washington has some shiftiness and and speed he's not the same one cut and go type of guy the way that shard is which Mm -hmm. is i think better for this for this team um i've always one of the criticisms i had even back in college for washington um if you look at his tape is he dances a little bit more than i think i would like and it sometimes just kind of ends up getting him getting him tackled because he he should just if he may if he's more decisive and he just goes he'd be better that way but aside from that um richard is the i think the better back and i think the team likes him they've been bragged they've bragged about him in particular somebody asked a question about undrafted free agents mm-hmm. and then you know del rio just started going on and on about richard being being how good he was and if they'd known how good he was they would have drafted him and and stuff like that so he's he's the next guy up Okay, so I, I mentioned that uh, Washington and Richards had excellent yard per carry numbers, uh, obviously partially f- fueled by that excellent Raiders uh, offensive line. Um, so I always wondered why uh, a guy like Latavius Murray didn't put up better numbers while he was with Oakland. I mean, he had the 12 rushing TDs, which is great, but just uh, 788 rushing yards. Uh, whereas lackluster rushing totals based on skill set or maybe in part due to the way that the Raiders used him or they used him because of his skill set, you know? I think there were a couple of things with, with, with Murray. It's first of all, you look at him, he's a monster of a man. He's a giant human being. He's, if, you, if you're, I mean, you, you, I think you have to stand next to him, as I had, have several times, 
to really appreciate just how big a, a man he is. Mm-hmm. And you expect a guy that size to be really hard to bring down, but he's just not, unfortunately. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's so when you, you, then you watch him on the field, and you're and you're like, uh, and it's almost like it's a mystery. You're like, how? And maybe you can't really see it as much on TV how big he is, but but uh, he should be like a freight train. They call him Tay Train, and there are times in which you see it here and there in flashes, but you should see it all the time. Mm-hmm. You should see him lay the wood uh, and and make any prospective tackler you know punish them for tackling him and he just doesn't he goes down far far easier than you would think because he runs a little too a little more upright than you would like kind of the darren mcfadden um problem right and and then the second reason is i don't think he can entirely has the instincts that 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 he that you need i mean there are times you can there are times when you show the tape and where where he had i mean there, there are clear lanes where he could have taken it probably the distance. And for some reason, he just, instead of cutting right where he should go, he cuts left. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and then it ends up getting tackled. And you're like, you, you just wonder what he was thinking in those instances. There were so so many yards left on the field, as they like to say, with Murray. I liked him for the most part. He, he did a lot of good things. But I think there were just so many times where you were just left scratching your head. Like, like mm. what was he thinking there? Right, right. Well, great stuff from Levi Damien, Editor-in-Chief of Silver and Black Pride, part of the SB Nation Network. Levi, hope to talk to you again as the season uh, approaches. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem, guys. All right. Great stuff from Levi Damien. Uh, We'll be right back with more Fancy Football on the Fancy Sports Radio Network. Quarterback to receiver hookups, running back depth analysis, rookie values in dynasty leagues, deep sleepers, training camp battles. These are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. And it's power-packed with so much more, including fully sortable player projections and a custom cheat sheet generator. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package now at rotoexperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount. Oh, we're rocking here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend. Fantasy update. Notice how my voice changed? Sweet cherry pie. Some big, big hair 80s music playing right now. Mm-hmm. Frankie playing mm-hmm. the uh, air guitar. Frankie Cheech Stample, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> Love the air guitar. And Joe Galina here on Weekend Fantasy Update. Pete Cotsidori, thanks for rocking us in. And uh, great spot from Levi Damien. Um, and he, interesting that he uh, mentioned that Jalen Richard, or Richard, is going to be the handcuff to own uh, in the uh, Oakland Raiders backfield. Yeah, definitely valuable information because as much as we like Marshawn Lynch, mm-hmm. the talent, mm-hmm. the bruising running style that he has, mm-hmm. and sitting out a year, there, there's probably a pretty decent chance that he might miss a few games this year. About him sitting out the year, I mean, I think it helps him overall. I, I mean, absolutely. I think it helps him yeah. because uh, another year to recuperate. Yeah, the last time we saw him, he only played seven games because he was so banged up. Mm-hmm. So having a whole year to sit off. Uh, 
you know, let yeah. your body recuperate. Right. I think it does help a player of his caliber. And Levi brought up a great point in terms of the uh, type of offensive line he was playing behind in Seattle. And uh, he used a very accurate description. He called them putrid. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're still not much better. But, yeah, that, that definitely contributed to his woes. And uh, I was telling you at the break, I, I was reading Evan Silva's column, um, his preview with the Raiders, and he mentioned from Roto World, by the way, give him a little plug. Um, he mentioned that uh, the Raiders have a uh, kind of a soft SAWFT schedule when it comes to running backs the first few weeks. So, look, you know, you combine the uh, fact that, Lynch is now playing against behind a fantastic offensive line in Oakland, playing motivated. He wanted to come back to Oakland, his hometown. You know, so let's say he has a really great, you know, first four or five weeks. Trade him. <laughs> Trade him high. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. You were talking to me about it during the break. I said, mm-hmm. Joey, this is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Save it for the show. And then I forgot about it, but I remembered. So here, <laughs> I wanted. I did wanted to uh, to ask Levi a realistic expectation or projection for mm-hmm. Marshall Lynch this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to let the listeners. Well, I, in. I did ask him uh, if he would run for a thousand run yards. Run for a thousand would, yards. Would you th- he, said he said yes. Yes. So there you go. I'm going to give everyone. Well, what do you want? A sneak peek of the Roto Experts exclusive edge package right now, where we have sortable projections for whatever your scoring format is, uh-huh. but. Currently, they have him, we have him for, mm-hmm. 1,057 rushing yards. Very nice. Eight rushing touchdowns. Wow. 35 receptions, mm-hmm. 278 yards, and an extra receiving touchdown. I for will where, say right for, now. For where he's going in yes. drafts, I would take that in a heartbeat. And Go he ahead. would finish as the two, four, six, eight, ninth best running back this season. Wow. I will say right now. Say it right now. I think the receiving yards are a little bit lofty here, 278. Mm-hmm. I think a realistic projection for him, I don't know how many, this is assuming health. Mm-hmm. I think he can reach 1,000 rushing yards, maybe chip in 200 receiving, and flirt with double-digit touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, he's going to be a top 10 running back yeah, this season. Yeah. I kind of like what, what you said in terms of the current projections that we have. I have him for 1,050. Uh, I like the eight touchdowns. Double digits might be a little bit too ambitious, but possible. It's, and, it's and, not crazy. You know, yeah, Latavius Murray right. had 12 last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and Levi, uh, Damien did mention that uh, Carr does like to throw to his running backs. So the 30-plus receptions, that might even be, you know, I could see him pushing 40. You know, I don't know about the yards it depends. the receptions. But. It depends how often he's on the field. If they right. if they run a committee approach similar to what they did last year, mm-hmm. then maybe we see a guy like Jalen Richard more in on uh, passing downs. Right. But even if he's on the field... In early downs and in goal line work, he's just going to fall into 25, 30-plus receptions. So I think that's a safe floor for him, Mm -hmm. assuming health and him being on the field. Just being there, if Derek Carr gets into some trouble, he can just dump it off to Marshawn Lynch and then let him do his thing. So if he's the legitimate starter and on the field most of the time, he'll just fall into 30 receptions this season. So that's why I still think that 200 receiving yards is probably a fair projection for him. There you go. And uh, you did mention the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Uh, remember, just log on to the website, uh, buy the package, and uh, use promo code Free Radio at checkout. You get a nice little discount. And coming up this week, it's going to be the Sleeping with the Staff, uh, where we, uh, we come up with our sleepers and busts. And we're going to be uh, talking about that all week long. So, again, rotoexperts.com, exclusive edge fantasy football package. Enter promo code FREERADIO at checkout. 
actually, Joe. Yeah. Speaking of sleeping with the staff, Who'd I want you, you slept with somebody in the staff. I played the fifth. <laughs> no, Michael Florio and I have slept in the same bed before. Oh boy! Oh boy. <laughs> but uh, but aside from that, yes. You just reminded me that starting Monday yeah. for the entire week, mm-hmm. it will be a stationwide initiative mm-hmm. that we are starting up, known as hashtag Sleeper Week. There you go. Where throughout the entire week. Every single day, if you're listening to the network, regardless of what show you're listening to, mm-hmm. assuming it is a season-long show and not DFS lineup lock, right. we will be talking about sleepers at every position. Yes. I don't, I'm not sure exactly what day will be what. Maybe Monday quarterbacks, mm-hmm. Tuesday running backs. I think we're going to devote one day to uh, looking at last year's sleepers, mm-hmm. what made them sleepers, and why were they so successful last right. season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this upcoming week will be dubbed as hashtag sleeper week on FNTSY Radio. Which can only be heard here exclusively. That's right. And when you were sleeping with uh, Michael Florio in the same bed, where were your hands? Um, I played the fifth. Living legend! <laughs> played the fifth! You were supposed to say between two pillows. I don't get it, Joe. Explain <laughs> it to me. Tell me you haven't seen the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I have not. Oh, God. I'm sorry, Joe. I can't. I, can't. I, I always let him down. People, I, I can't. I can't anymore. <laughs> okay? Uh all right, could could somebody tweet out why I said planes, trains, and automobiles, and where are your hands, and between two pillows, and those aren't pillows? You got to watch this movie now. All okay. right, stop, I'll do it for stop you, Joey. annoying me, Joey. Uh, <laughs> if you have the, uh, I know what you guys used to use back in the day, VHS. <laughs> Send it my way, and I'll watch it. I'll Actually, pop it in the old uh, VCR. I'll do one better. Have the DVD. Oh, there very you go. funny movie. John Candy, Steve Martin. Uh, oh, I like John Candy. Yeah, yeah, he's funny. Um, so, uh, I wanted to get back to some football news, and then we're going to take a look at some players uh, under the microscope uh, during training camp who, um, if they have big training camps, uh, they could you know, move up the, the waiver wire. Uh, not the waiver wire, the draft. Yeah, move board. up draft boards, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, the Buffalo Bills were meeting with, uh, are going to meet with Anquan Bolden this, come mon- this coming Monday. So, um, Anquan Bolden, you know, an older guy. Are you okay with that, that he's a little bit older? <laughs> but uh, last season for the Lions, eight touchdowns. And he was, this is a big one to me, third in the NFL with 22 red zone targets. Yeah, I mean, you want to, you can joke about the age, but Anquan Bolden is still a very valuable NFL piece uh, and still has a little bit of fantasy value here if he's going to, I don't think he'll be able to replicate eight touchdowns, but he is very useful in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Joe, you bring up the 22 red zone targets, which, again, rank third in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do worry that if he goes to the Buffalo Bills, that can have a little bit of a negative impact on a guy like Zay Jones or Sammy Watkins because right. we're kind of uh, we're depending on those guys this season. Zay Jones more so for the the PPR, uh, the receptions this year. Maybe it's a reaction to uh, Clay being, you know, injured. That's a good point yeah. too because and you're right about. Uh, don't get me wrong. You're right yeah. about the Zay Jones issue and, and even Sammy Watkins. At, at this point. Uh, it looks like Charles Clay might start the year on the pup, and Anquan Bolden. Realistically, he's he's a tight end this year. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really that was his role with the Detroit Lions last year, working over the middle of the field as a as a slot receiver. Uh, he's still a very good blocker, um, and I think that he can have value in the red zone for a team. I just worry that if he goes to the Bills, maybe he takes a little bit away from Sammy Watkins. 
We're just speculating because he's only meeting on Monday. It doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily mean he's going to sign. Uh, But I think it's a good point that you bring up that they might be a little bit more worried about Charles Clay than they're leading on. Could start the year on the pup. And if that's the case, we could see Anquan Bolden, you know, out of the slot more in that tight end role. And additionally, I just want to pile this on. Go ahead. All, for all the reasons that we just spoke about Anquan Bolden still being a valuable player, mm-hmm. him leaving Detroit is why we love Eric Ebron so much yeah. this season. I was going to ask you about what you thought the impact of that uh, being. So uh, you, you feel that Ebron is going to be the beneficiary. Yeah, right now I have Eric Ebron ranked as my eighth tight end. So I am... Very high on Eric Ebron this year. I think positive touchdown regression is coming for him. I know that his role hasn't necessarily been uh, to be used in the red zone in years past. Mm -hmm. But at this point in his career, I mean, he's been in the league a few seasons now. I think that they want to kind of unleash that beast in the red zone. They wanted him to get acclimated in the offense over the past couple of years. Uh, And if Anquan Bolden does officially leave the Detroit Lions, because mm-hmm. there's still a chance he could go back there. Right. Uh, if he officially leaves, that will solidify my love, my man crush for Eric Ebron this there season. There you go. And, and, you know, a lot of people, not a lot, but you're hearing the name Kenny Galladay being brought up, yep. uh, rookie. It's a good name to remember. For the Lions. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, very good point. Good name to familiarize yourself with. Yeah, and Marvin Jones started last year... Uh, like a house of fire. Yeah, like a house of fire. He was awesome in the first half of the season and and then really kind of fell off. Uh, so if he continues to be inconsistent, I think Galladay is a, a good name to remember. Yeah. Very, very deep sleeper. I mean, in your standard leagues, he probably won't even be draft. But in, in deeper formats, maybe 20 rounds or deeper, I think he is a name that you should be looking at as like a wide receiver six mm-hmm. with some sneaky upside this season. Deontay Foreman, real quick before we go to commercial. Tested negative for marijuana. So he's been getting a lot of play because uh, you the know toot, I, toot, toot, the toot, toot, toot. Uh, but uh, I almost feel that everyone's too down on Lamar Miller maybe we'll talk about Lamar Miller real quick when we come back from the break and then we could get on to our players under a microscope during this season's training camp what do you yeah. say yeah but Deontay Foreman is definitely uh, a name that should be on Raiders we just had uh, be toot, toot, toots. we just had Braddock on last week he's very high on Deontay Foreman uh, but we'll be back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend Fantasy Update. Get in the huddle with the most on-point college football predictions and analysis from the nation's leading expert. Whether you're looking to gain the advantage in Vegas or win your college football fantasy league, the new Go For The Two exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package will make you a winner. I'm college football analyst Joe Lisi, and my predictions and insights have been featured nationwide parlaying my successful predictions in Las Vegas. I break down all the big games, identify the big upset teams, scout all the top players in the country, and focus on the -the under-the-radar pick that will surprise. Every week during the season, I get you ready to cash in with the most bold picks while breaking down every matchup. And for those playing college fantasy football, I set you to draft like a champion and help carry your team to the top when the season starts. So go get the Go For The Two exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package right now at rotoexperts.com. Enter promo code FREERADIO at checkout for your special discount and start saving on the way to more rewards. And we are back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Juggling along with Frankie Cheech Stanfo. 
Pete Constantori producing our show. And before we left, uh, we started talking about Lamar Miller. And I'm, I'm defending him a little bit. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. He did not perform up to the level that we expected last season. Maybe a little bit below his ADP. But we were just looking, according to Fantasy Pro's uh, consensus ranks, he would go very early third round this season. I mean, do you think that too many people piling on to uh, Lamar Miller? I know that, you know, some people are saying, and maybe rightly so, that maybe the Dolphins knew something about best use for him, you know, and maybe maybe he isn't a bell cow back. Yeah, I do kind of agree with you, Joe. I think he's being uh, a little bit disrespected. With that being said, I... <laughs> I don't know that I would use a third-round pick on him, especially really? in a in a PPR format, because I just feel like I'll probably start. God, look, look, in most let's, in most people get two really good wide yeah. receivers. You're not going to take him in the third round. I mean, I mean, it would have to be early third round. So mm-hmm. think about it. If you have one of those first three picks and you take a running back and you come back and take a wide receiver, you're going to start mm-hmm. your your PPR draft with two running backs in the first three picks. So if he falls to the middle of the first, yeah. say you start with. Antonio Brown and then Doug Baldwin, and then you could get him in the middle of the third round. I think that's all right. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair start. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I do kind of agree with you that he's being a little bit disrespected. I don't think he was as uh, as terrible as people think he was last year. Mm-hmm. He didn't live up to the first round fantasy football expectations. There too, that might have slowed him down a little bit. Then you have like a, you know, ankle issues that he was able to play through yeah. that might have, you know, impacted. His numbers. Think about this, Joe. Okay. In 10 of 14 games last year, Mm -hmm. he had either 80 rushing yards or a touchdown. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. No. I mean, that's pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. 80 rushing yards or a touchdown in 10 of 14 games. Maybe that's not the kind of upside you want out of a first-round pick. Right. But if you're getting that this year out of your third-round pick as your RB1 or maybe even RB2 in some Mm -hmm. leagues, in a standard non-PPR, I have absolutely no problem taking him in the third round. I think that's fine. I'm on record saying I want two of the top... 15, 16 workhorse running backs on my team in standard because mm-hmm. running backs still rule standard. I don't, I don't care what you say. Yeah. Uh, so in that case, I think that's fine. I think he is being a little bit disrespected because you look at the floor based on how many touches he's going to have. Right. He's pretty much guaranteed, in my opinion, 250, 250 carries yeah. and 30 receptions. I mm-hmm. think that's his floor. And, and if he's getting that amount of work, just the volume alone, I think will allow him to be a top 20 running back. Last year, he finishes RB 17. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's that's with 268 carries. That's 31 receptions. We want to see the receptions go up a little bit. Uh, he only scored six total touchdowns. I think if that, that has a chance to go up a little bit. Jason Braddock was talking up Tom Savage. Mm-hmm. If they could get yeah, anything yeah. out of their passing game this year, it's going to complement the running backs, and it's going to help him. I mean, if defenses have to focus on trying to stop DeAndre Hopkins because they have a quarterback that can actually get him the ball, that's going to open up running lanes for Lamar Miller this season. So I do agree with you that he's being a little bit disrespected right now. But based on volume, I think he has to go in the third round. I just don't feel great about it, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's not a sexy pick in my opinion. Well, you're not looking to be sexy in a draft. I'm not trying to be sexy, man. <laughs> uh, you're just trying to pick the right players at the right time, right? I mean, you look Absolutely. at Foreman's numbers uh, in college. Last year, 2,028 rushing yards for his career, 6.4 yards per carry. So, look, there's a lot to be excited about with this guy. But already he's come into camp or, or OTAs out of shape. 
Um, and now, and he's, I mean, he's a, he has a big back though, mm-hmm. six foot one. Yeah. So, yeah, I, <sighs> six foot one, two forty nine. So he's the kind of guy that man, he's got to watch himself because you know a couple of. Uh, Twinkies, and uh, there you go. You're at Especially 265. Especially if he's 222 two, two and he's getting the munchies, you know? Come on. Come on, Joe. Uh, fun stuff. So uh, let's move over to uh, some of the players that are going to be under a microscope uh, during pre- training camp. And uh, when you talk about Twinkies and you talk about uh, big backs. This is a nice segue. I like this. <laughs> Thank you. Eddie Lacy comes to mind. I always feel terrible saying it but uh, you know look I'm, I'm a fit guy i got one pack on my stomach <laughs> <laughs> what do you call that pack joey is that like a little mini drought keg like one of those little heineken kegs <laughs> yeah. so eddie lacy uh you know it seems that e- either drafters and analysts either they love him this year based on where he's going or they, or they just make fun of him like i just did yeah, and I guess I'm one of the people who uh, is in the middle of the pack, right? Like, the reason I added him to this list of players who are going to be under a microscope in training camp is because, honestly, I don't know how to feel about Eddie Lacy right now. Like, I want to see him you need get, to get on the touch field. You're feeling so. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, you know, especially talking about this for a living, I should probably get in touch with it, right, Joe? Uh, but honestly. I want to see him on the field first. I want to see him in training camp, working mm-hmm. out with the rest of his team, you know, developing some kind of cohesion, uh, learning the playbook, really just getting to know his teammates more and the way that the Seahawks run. I want to see him in preseason, see mm-hmm. if he runs well. Right. The the last update that that we got was according to Bob Condota or Condata of the Seattle Times, it's quote unclear if Eddie Lacy his ankle will be 100% for the start of training camp. Glad, so, you, br- glad you brought that so up. So that, yes. that worries mm-hmm. me, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, this is why he's going to be under a microscope for all of training camp because, look, if everything breaks right for him, he can legitimately be a high-end RB2, maybe even a borderline RB1. Mm-hmm. If this Seattle Seahawks team wants to get back to that punishing run-style, run-first offense that they had with Marshawn Lynch, if they want to feed the beast that is Eddie Lacy, and when he's performing well, he can run. I mean, yes. he, he, this is a guy who can... Well, up until he got hurt last year, he's running for 5.1 yards per carry. Yeah, I, look, throughout his career, I mean, he's consistently been over 4 yards per carry. I mean, if he can give you 4.5 yards per carry, if they are devoted to him and they give him every opportunity and he's scoring touchdowns, he has a legitimate opportunity to be, like I just mentioned, I think a high-end RB2, mm-hmm. maybe even a borderline uh, low-end RB1, but everything that we've heard so far is, you have to question it. That's why he's under the microscope here. Is he completely healthy? We've already heard that there's a chance that he can split early down work with Thomas Rawls. Right. CJ Procise is going to be involved in the passing game as well, so uh, I think Eddie Lacy, perfect guy that you have to pay attention to during training camp. Yes. He will be under a microscope, and if everything goes right for him, in preseason, he could be a guy that is jumping up draft boards the closer and closer we get to the start of the actual season. What scares you most about Eddie Lacy? Is it his conditioning or the condition of the Seahawks' offensive line? Because I don't think they're that much better than, you know, past couple seasons. I mean, I'm sure they'll be a little bit better, but... Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's not the conditioning for him. It's definitely the offensive line. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy you brought that up. And coming into the season, Pro Football Focus has the Seattle Seahawks offensive line ranked as the dead last unit mm-hmm. in all of the NFL. So, right. you know, we do have to bring that up, too. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not they're giving him a, a ton of carries or even every opportunity to succeed, if that offensive line is not performing, mm-hmm. I mean, we see this with a lot of running backs. 
a lot of them are only as good as their offensive line sure. allows them to be, uh, especially a guy, you know, as big as Eddie Lacy, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And, and look, you, you mentioned Thomas Rawls a couple of years ago. He had a really big, big season despite playing behind yeah. a, a bad offensive line. And he led the league in yeah. yards per carry that yeah, year yeah, as well. Yeah. So he, he is a capable running back. That's why I think this is a very, very dicey situation in mm-hmm. Seattle. All right. Uh, Brandon Cook, should we talk about him? Um, are we really going to be able to tell? I mean, this is a New, New England Patriots team. I feel like we say this all the time, though. Yep. just so hard to figure out what they're going to do and who they're going to use and whatnot. You think that, that we're going to be able to tell from camp whether or not you know, he's he's worth well, he's worth drafting. It just depends where, right? Yeah. Like right now I'm pulling it up. Fantasy Pro's average draft position. Brandon Cooks is the twelfth wide receiver off the board. To me, that is insane. He should not be going ahead of Doug Baldwin, Demarius yeah. Thomas, Sammy Watkins, Allen Robinson. Thomas has proven to be quarterback proof. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> year in and year out, mm-hmm. uh, 90 receptions, 1,000 receiving yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was targeted heavily in the red zone last year, so I think we're expe- expecting some positive touchdown regression for Demarius Thomas this year. The fact that Brandon Cooks is ranked above all of those guys, and I actually just wrote about uh, his value. You'll find us on rotoexperts.com. It'll be coming out soon. His value in New England and Adrian Peterson's value uh, with the New Orleans Saints. That's mm-hmm. kind of something I've been doing, the fantasy football the draft bell. spotlight. Mm-hmm. Ding! <laughs> Where uh, I look at the value of players in new homes. Brandon Cooks, I just don't see how he, he can pay off that top 12 wide receiver value if he's third or even fourth on the team in targets. Because right. it, as long as Rob Gronkowski's healthy, which is a fair question to have, He'll probably be the top target in this offense. Right. Julian Edelman is com- consistently reliable, and he has the trust of Tom Brady. So that is huge. He's going to be second on this team in targets. And then perhaps even James White. We know that the year in and year out, as mm-hmm. long as Tom Brady and Belichick have been together, they always have that one running back who is going to catch the ball out of the backfield. In years past, it's been Kevin Falk. Now it's James White. So if Brandon Cooks is fourth on this team in targets... Mm-hmm. I just have a tough time ranking him as a top 12 wide receiver. And that's where he's being drafted right now. To me, it's crazy. I have, I have him ranked wide receiver 19 mm-hmm. in, in non-PPR format right now. sounds more sound than that 12th ranking. Yeah, I have him ranked just behind Devontae Adams, Terrell Pryor, and Michael Crabtree, all three guys who I think can flirt with double-digit touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have him ahead of Keenan Allen and Alshon Jeffrey. I'm on record, you know, I'm not a huge Keenan Allen fan. I right. just don't want to use one of my first three-round picks on a player uh, who has a ton of injury history. Alshon Jeffrey, another guy who has injury history in the past, yep. deals with a ton of uh, soft tissue injuries, which is concerning to me. The only thing there are a lot of targets with the Eagles, too. One-year contract, so maybe he'll be motivated this year. When we come back, I want to talk about Andrew Luck, quarterback for the Colts. Uh, is he healthy? We'll, we'll, we'll discuss it when we get back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Summer, but you can already feel the howl of the winter wind. You don't want to go to the beach. You want to break out that heavy coat and head for the stadium parking lot because nothing makes you feel warmer than football season. But you don't have to wait for the calendar to flip a few times at rotoexperts.com where fantasy football season has already started. The award-winning team at Roto Experts has you ready for the new campaign with the return of the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package for 2017. 
Packed with tons of in-depth insights from the industry's top experts, we get you fully prepared for a championship campaign with a deluxe draft package that includes projections, strategy articles, sleepers, busts, a cheat sheet generator, and so much more. And you're guaranteed additional access throughout the regular season. So put your gloves on now, even while it's hot outside, and get into mid-season form. Go to rotoexperts.com and register for the 2017 Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter code FREERADIO at checkout for a very special discount. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Frankie Cheech, Stanfield, Pete Considori producing the show. Thanks, Pete. Doing a great job. And I just want to remind, remind you that after our show, stay tuned for the Father and Son Fantasy NASCAR Hour. Uh, it's uh, NASCAR royalty with the uh, the King Scott Angle and the Racing Prince Sean Angle. Uh, they'll be talking about some fast cars and loose women and all kinds of fun stuff like that. And I uh, just want to remind you, if you missed any part of our show, uh, download the FNTSY radio app. You can listen to any of the programming for free, anytime. Uh, we did a great interview uh, that's going to be... Uh, uh, in the uh, Fantasy uh, Radio Sports Hall of Fame. I think it was that good with Levi Damien oh, yeah. talking about the uh, Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Specifically, Amari Cooper and Marshawn mm-hmm. Lynch, for those of you who are uh, who are wondering about those guys coming into the season. Yep. I feel like there are a lot of questions yes. surrounding specifically those two players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're submitting that interview to the uh, Fantasy Radio uh, Hall of Fame. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, so let's uh, try to finish off with uh, another player that's going to be under the radar this uh, I was going to say this spring, but this training camp this summer. Andrew Luck, quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Colts, uh, as far as I've seen, I haven't seen any updates. They're still not uh, divulging when this guy is going to be able to start throwing the ball. He had some surgery. If you read a, up on quote, it. quote, simple labor repair. I was repair. just going to say, yeah. When you read up on it, it's like, yeah, nothing major. you know. Uh, and look, I can understand in a way that they want to ease him back uh, slowly. But it is pretty concerning that this guy hasn't been able to throw a ball yet. Yeah, he hasn't thrown yet. I'm wondering, you know, will we see him in the preseason at all, Joe? And mm-hmm. and if that's the case, we have to drop him down our quarterback rankings. Yeah, he's like fourth or fifth on, on most lists, yeah. right? Yeah. I have I have him ranked fourth still. Mm-hmm. Um I think it would take he a, drops for me because of this. It, it would take if I was he's not that. in the same. Originally, he would be in the same tier as that Drew Brees and Tom Brady for me. Yes, uh, I think I've, I'll already drop him down to the next tier because I am a little bit worried about it. Mm-hmm. But we know that when healthy, the talent absolutely is there. I mean, talent and gritty and and tough. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's so, had to play behind a terrible offensive line as well. Yeah, and he's he's done it consistently, even with that offensive line. It's just mm-hmm. it's so crazy to me that the Colts haven't invested more in that specific unit mm-hmm. when Andrew Luck is your franchise player. Yeah. I mean, you should be competing now with a, with a player of his caliber on right. your team. Right. Uh, if he doesn't start throwing in training camp and we start to see him miss a few preseason games, I'm probably going to end up having to drop him down even further. Mm-hmm. I have, as of right now, Kirk Cousins ranked as my fifth quarterback and Jameis Winston's sixth. Uh, if you listen to the fantasy football best friends forever, you will know that Michael Florio and myself are very high on those two specific uh, 11 a.m., Monday through Friday. You could watch these guys, too, on the fantasy 
a YouTube channel, Fantasy Sports YouTube. Great stuff this week. I was watching the Eric Young just joined the show. Yep, from uh, uh, NXT. Yes. So and, that's uh, a lot of fun. Nando was with you guys yesterday doing the um, uh, Fear Factor. Yep. We took shots Dr- on air. Dr- drinking adult beverages. Uh, shots of water, that is. Yes. Of course. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and look, Luck has uh, uh, some good receiving targets. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton, uh, probably, what, a top five? Yeah, mm-hmm. I have him ranked. Let's see, Joey. I think I have him ranked seven or eight. Well, I have I mean, him eight. Yeah, I mean, but uh, definitely uh, someone that could be reckoned with. And Moncrief last season, a real touchdown magnet as well. Yeah, and we speak about the value of Andrew Luck, and it's not just his fantasy value. I mean, yeah. him being on the field affects the value of T.Y. Hilton, Dante Moncrief, uh, Jack Doyle, even Frank Gore, because if teams don't have to respect the passing game, they'll be able to just stop Frank Gore. So, Andrew Luck, we need you on the field yes. for the sake of those players' fantasy value, please. Yes, we do. Uh, stay tuned for the Father and Son Fantasy NASCAR Hour. It's been a great show. Thank you to Pete Considori, our producer. Thanks to Frankie Cheats Stample. And thank me, Joe Galena. We'll see you next week on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network with more Weekend Fantasy Update.